1: All right, it's time for another edition of the Blue White Breakdown Podcast, Live's Penn State Podcast. I'm Greg Pickle, joined today by the newest member of our Live Penn State team, Daniel Gallen. He's in State College. He covered Friday night's open practice, number 15 for the Nittany Lions. Daniel and I were both there, and we'll spend most of this podcast talking about that, what we saw, what we've learned this spring. We'll get into some recruiting news and notes as well, but Daniel... Uh, let's start with this. Let's tell the listeners a little bit about your background. You obviously have been at Penn Live now for a number of years. You covered the Eagles, and now you're up in state college.
2: Yep, I've been at Penn Live since 2016. Started covering the Philadelphia area for two years, recruiting high school football, high school basketball, uh, and then I spent the past three years covering uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. During a very interesting uh, a set of years for for that NFL team, so. Uh, It's fun to be up in state college and and back covering college football, uh, which I've, it's been a couple of years.
1: Yes, yeah, so it's at a very interesting time for this team as well. James Franklin uh, just presided over his eighth spring practice, and Penn State has a lot of questions to answer. There's no question about that. This is a team that has issues uh, at a number of spots with depth and with who could be starters and who the quarterback's going to be and all of that. So I guess let's start with the offense, and we got a chance to see Mike Yurcich's group in action twice. Um, the, for Certainly when we saw practice number 12 open, it was not a well-oiled machine. It looked a lot better, I think. Friday night just let's start with your initial impressions on what that offense looked like and what fans can expect to see from that attack this year
2: yeah it definitely seems like there's a good amount of variety uh, with what the Lions will do under Mike Kiersich. Uh, we saw some interesting uh, personnel packages decent amount of 12 personnel with two tight ends obviously uh, on social media got a little buzz with Sean Clifford and company going under center a couple times but there was tempo trying to get the ball out quickly to guys on the edge in space and then complementing that with you know a good stable of running backs who you know were were able to do some interesting things some impressive physical things uh, I thought
1: yeah there's no question about that Kavan Lee was a guy who really jumped off the the feel to me, so to speak. I mean, this is a guy who saw a ton of playing time last year because Journey Brown obviously unfortunately had the heart issue that took his, end of his career. Uh, Noah Keane was hurt in pretty much the first couple of snaps at Indiana last October. He was able to do some things this this uh, spring, and he seems to be recovering well, but he was not door, uh, active during the scrimmage part of this, and Kevon Lee really kind of took advantage of that, I thought. And another guy who was impressive was John Lovett, the Baylor transfer. You know, here's a guy who Um, comes in from Baylor and to me he looks like a very good option out of the backfield for Penn State so we'll see what they can do with him but yeah you're right the offense was was fast there was tempo and I think what a lot of Penn State fans have come to expect is that you know they get up to the line of scrimmage and then they look over to the sideline there's a lot of check with me there's a lot of changing the play based on the defense and that's not what Mike Yersuch wants to do Mike Yersuch wants to get everyone to the line of scrimmage know what the play is uh the play before and then go from there so this will definitely be a faster offense and we'll see what happens at the quarterback position what were your, your takeaways from Sean Clifford today Daniel? I thought he looked
2: pretty good Uh, I wasn't at practice number 12, but obviously he got some mixed reviews uh, for his performance there. And in reading some of the coverage uh, on Live and elsewhere, it seemed like Clifford, you know, took a step forward uh, in that week, uh, looked confident, uh, looked, you know, pretty cursed back there. Um, You know, I came away thinking that, you know, he's someone that looks like he was learning an offense and that he's taken a couple steps forward. Uh, he did some nice things uh, with his legs, uh, threw the ball away on a couple of occasions and, you know, uh, made a couple of nice throws to guys like John Dotson. So, you know, I think that it'll be interesting to see when we finally get to see this team again uh, later this summer and, and into the fall where he's kind of taken, you know, the next step. But, You know, I think for him, he definitely had the chance to end on a high note and he took advantage
1: of that for the spring. Yeah, there's no question. This is a guy who looked more like a third year starter this time around compared to what we saw at practice number 12, where he didn't really look like a guy who had played a lot of football. You know, it'll be interesting to see what Penn State does in the transfer portal at a number of positions this year, uh, this offseason rather, but certainly quarterback is the one that's going to be discussed the most as we get to the end of April here with spring practices wrapping up around the country. Guys are going to start going into the portal, and it could very well be a lot of Penn State guys. It could be a few Penn State guys. We already saw one, Joe Johnson, the corner, uh, decide to look for somewhere else to play. So there will be options for Penn State. But to me, uh, and I guess we'll move on now to the transfer portal conversation. To me, at quarterback, you have to get somebody. Uh, in It doesn't have to be a guy who's 100% uh, a starter. It doesn't have to be a guy who is going to come in and beat out Sean Clifford before he even arrives on campus. But you just need numbers there. I mean, Taquan oberson has not taken a meaningful snap in a college football game yet. Christian Veiu has not played since 2019 because his senior season was canceled because of the pandemic. So, I mean, did you see anything from those two guys, Daniel, that makes you feel good about Penn State's number two quarterback situation? And I guess we'll note, too, that James Franklin was asked about that afterward and more or less said that it's hard to feel good about things when you haven't uh, you have a number two. You're going to have a number two, at least at this point, without getting someone in the portal who has not taken a snap at a game yet.
2: Yeah, the number two quarterback situation is really interesting because it's kind of one of those chicken or the egg situations where you keep talking about how none of these guys on the roster have experience uh, and you want them to have experience. But the only way for them to get experience would be something, you know, bad or negative happens to your to your starting quarterback. Um, I think that's something that's kind of interesting uh, with with college football is that you don't really have. There's no preseason you know, to give a guy a half just to kind of get him out there uh, and see what he can do. But, you know, I think that Roberson and Bayou were both up and down. Um, Obviously, this is my first time seeing uh, both of those players, um, you know, live in person. Uh, I was impressed by Bayou's ability to get rid of the ball quickly. You know, I thought he looked really fluid back there. You know, he doesn't look rusty, you know, as a guy who hasn't played meaningful action in almost two years. Uh, And then Roberson seems like the type of player who can, you know, make some things happen. Uh, I thought his deep ball even when he was overthrowing guys it looked really pretty um and you know I think there is some dynamic athleticism there but you know I think Franklin said it uh, before spring practice started where going into a season with only three scholarship quarterbacks uh things can get a little dicey um and that I definitely agree with that where you know even at positions where you have a lot of depth, you know, one injury can really change how things look. So you know, I think at this point, you know, it it would be hard to find a, a quarterback who could come in and really, really compete with Sean Clifford, but if they can get someone in who, you know, has experience, can come in, run an offense, um, you know, there is talent, you know, around a quarterback right now with the group of running backs they have, with the group of wide receivers they have, um, you know, it wouldn't be out of the question for a stopgap quarterback who can who has experience and, you know, can come in if he needs to take a series, a quarter, a half, a game, two games, um, and kind of keep this team afloat. So I think that that's kind of what, you know, Penn State should be looking for. Uh, But, you know, it's a two-way street, whether that's out there, whether there's a guy
1: out there that would want to come in and do that, you kind of got to wait and see. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, that's just it. You're looking for a guy who is going to help you from a depth perspective, but a lot of those guys don't want that. They want to go somewhere they can play right away and that they don't really have anyone blocking their way to the field. And I just don't know, uh, you know, if you're going to be able to find the kind of guy that Penn State seems to want to find uh, in the portal because of the situation, but like we saw with uh, Mike Bowens, the former Penn state quarterback who transferred to transferred to Oklahoma, you know, some guys will be willing to go to a quarterback, Uh, you know, a room where they're not guaranteed to be the starter. I'm not comparing Sean Clifford to Spencer Radler, of course, but, um, you know, some guys will be willing to make a move just to get out of the current situation they're in. So we'll see. Um, Some other thoughts on the offense before we move to the other side of the ball from from spring practice as a whole. Mike Miranda certainly looks locked in as the center. We didn't see Des Holmes working uh, in the interior of the line. I would expect that to change in the summer. We're not sure why he wasn't uh, available for practice, but uh, so a lot of other guys got some work there, but ultimately, you know, this is a team that, I think at receiver, you can feel pretty good about some things. I think you can see Cam Sullivan Brown, maybe finally the lights going off for him and that he could be a part of this offense. Obviously you have Jahan dodds and you have Parker Washington, who made the catch of the, the scrimmage on Saturday, Friday, rather, with a one-handed grab kind of close to the sideline that was really impressive. And, you know, he's obviously showing why people were so excited about him last year after he caught uh six touchdowns. So he, he's back, you know, I think you can feel pretty good about the tight end situation, you know, the offensive line has some experienced guys, Caden Wallace, uh, Rasheed Walker, anchoring that. So I think uh, all told, you know, the offense is uh, in a place where it could certainly take a step forward. It could certainly be Mike Yurcich's creation, um, what we've seen him do at some other schools. But quarterback will be the thing everyone talks about between now and Wisconsin, there's no doubt about it.
2: Yeah, when you look at the the offense, kind of the, the key, you look at sort of the, the key positions, you know, center, the tackle spots, You have, you know, a couple interesting tight ends, and then you have guys with experience at wide receiver and running back that, you know, when you look at the top line, it looks pretty good. And it's just kind of a question about how this will come together, you know, over the summer and into the fall under Mike Gersich and whether or not Sean Clifford is the guy who can orchestrate it and make everything happen.
1: Yes, you got it. So, you know, I'm just thinking of, uh, you know, the, obviously this quarterback situation is interesting because you have Bo Prabula who will be here next year. You have Drew Alar who will be here next year. And obviously those guys can't help Penn State this year, but the future does seem to be looking bright for the Nittany Lions on that front. So uh, this is the Penn Live Penn State uh, Blue-White Breakdown rather. Uh, the Blue-White Breakdown podcast is uh, anywhere you get your audio, uh, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, etc. cetera. Uh, where you find podcasts, you'll find us. We're going to take a quick break and when we come back we will talk about the defense and what we learned about that unit during the spring
0: i'm brandon short all-american linebacker current member of penn state's board and two-time captain of your nittany lions i'm running for re-election to penn state's board i come from a tough background and a penn state education changed my life i had an nfl career earned an nba from columbia and i'm now in finance penn staters have a lot of pride in athletics there are wide-ranging benefits from success in athletics, increasing academic standards, supporting 8- 850 student athletes, and boosting the local economy. The current athletic budget is self-funding and is independent from the university, so investments have no impact on tuition or employee salaries. Yet, over the past decade, Michigan and Ohio State have outspent Penn State by $246 million and $390 million <laughs> respectively. Some candidates in this election want to de-emphasize athletics, making this gap wider. We must invest, not for more touchdowns, but to benefit the local economy and enhance the entire university. If you agree, vote for Brandon Short, Steve Wagman, and Alvin DeLevy so together we can invest in Penn State's future. To vote, go to the link in the podcast show notes now. Thank you. Okay, it's time for more Blue White breakdown.
1: I'm Greg Pickle, Daniel Gallon joining me, uh, the newest member of our Live Penn State team. You can find his articles on football, basketball, and just about everything in between in and around state college at PennLive.com slash Penn State football. Daniel, we talked about the offense a good bit during the first half of this show. Let's move on to the defense. And what we saw from Brent Prize Group, and I want to start the conversation with Curtis Jacobs, a linebacker who had at least one tackle for loss, possibly two. Uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he looks like the five-star we all thought he could be coming out of high school and Penn State I think is going to do a lot this year where they play just two linebackers they get out of their base defense they go to a sub package and it's going to be hard to find a better tandem I think to Brandon Smith and and Curtis Jacobs when those two are on the field
2: yeah Jacobs was really physically impressive and he was the type of guy who just kind of seemed to be around the ball every time you you looked up on Friday night you'd see 23 you know just kind of in the play Uh, There, the tackle for loss, you mentioned, he just kind of knifed right through the the line pretty easily, uh, got into the backfield. And so, you know, I think that he's definitely one of the more intriguing uh, players on the defense as you go forward. As you mentioned, he came in with some accolades and and with some hype. So it'll be interesting to see him in year two try to put that together. And I do really like the idea of, um, you know, using those sub packages, playing a lot of nickel. Having Jacobson Smith, uh, Brandon Smith, who's also a really good athlete, on the field at the same time, and you know, I think that that I think those two players kind of open up some flexibility uh, for Brent Pry, and they can really do some things and and give the defense just some some different options, and can give an opposing offense some different looks.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest question fans have about this defense is will the defensive line be more productive this year in terms of sacks and quarterback hurries and things like that. We saw Jason Awe and Chaka They each had the ability to change a game, but neither one of them necessarily had the stats that most thought they could. Uh, Awe, of course, doesn't even have a sack uh, during the 2020 season, which while abbreviated was um, still nine games long. So, uh, you know, I think that surprised a lot of people. But, you know, this looking at this defensive line, I don't think you start anywhere else than with Arnold Abiquetti, the Temple transfer. Daniel, I don't know about you, but he was a guy who on Friday night really showcased some nice speed. You can see why he was a second team all AAC pick. And I think Penn State got a good one out of the transfer portal with him. He should be a guy who makes an impact from the start uh, in September at Wisconsin. Yeah,
2: I liked what I saw out of him. We heard all only good things about him from coaches and and teammates over over the course of the spring and you know i think when you look at his track record what he did at temple obviously there's a step up in the competition that he'll see going from the aac to the big 10 but when you look at his tools and how he was performing this spring and, and the opportunities that we had to see him you could kind of see um you know what the coaching staff sees in him and and the type of impact that he can make. So yeah, I think that given what you got or didn't get out of the past rush of last year, um, I think adding a defensive end like Eviketty while losing guys like Tony and Owe, um, I think that kind of cushions the blow um a little bit. You know, kind of like in the general transfer portal conversation, you know, when you have the opportunity to bring in a guy who has experience um and has production, that really helps in, in terms of the learning curve. So you know, I think in terms of new additions, new faces, guys that you know Penn State fans might not really know, who are able to make an impact uh, in the fall once the games start. I think Ebikadi will be someone who will really stand out.
1: Yep, Penn State added Derek Tangello as well, who'll work inside with P.J. Mustafer. They actually offered a uh, transfer portal entry, John Ridgeway, who at Northern Illinois was a starter, led them in tackles, or uh, Southern Illinois, I believe it was, uh, led them in tackles. He was a really good player, and uh, he could be uh, the next addition to this room via the transfer portal. And John Ridgeway was at Illinois State, so I kind of had that covered. Uh, I got all of them. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry, he actually committed to Arkansas this morning. So, okay, never mind. So he will not be a part of Penn State's uh, defensive line conversation moving forward. So, yeah, I think they have some solid depth there. But, you know, the questions will always be about production. You know, Devon Ellis had a sack. He looks like he could be coming on. Former four-star recruit, you know. Fred Hansard, I think, is still recovering from an injury. But can he stay healthy and do it? You know, Nick Tarburton, can he stay healthy at defensive end? So they have some health questions there. but. They also have some guys coming on. We talked about linebacker with Curtis Jacobs and Brandon Smith. Jesse Laqueta and Ellis Brooks obviously will battle for that middle job. And I think that one thing, one guy who also kind of jumped out was Kobe King, the three star, a former three star recruit, January enrollee. I think he has some pop in that middle linebacker spot. I think he could have a say in that position race. And that's a good segue to his brother four-star corner, Kalen King, who was really the uh, talk of spring Daniel. I don't think that there was a press conference that went by without his name being mentioned either by a coach or a player. Uh, and he showed, you know, maybe not, uh, you know, during the 12th practice, he had two interceptions. Uh, he did not have one on Friday, but he still had some nice coverage play. And this is the guy we're going to continue to talk about, I think, a lot uh, as the season gets closer.
2: Yeah, it was kind of it was nice after hearing all the compliments hearing all the hype to kind of get the chance to to see him in person and kind of see you know what Penn State has in him um, and you know I think that he he looks the part. Um, you know, as a freshman early enrollee when you look at him on the field, the the size is there, the skill is there, um, and so he was someone who you know I think that it seems like his the 15th practice was a little bit more uneven than the 12th for him, but you could still see some some standout uh potential from him and you know i think that the cornerback group you know with the addition of him and and johnny dixon it's it just got really interesting there's going to be some really good competition there uh through the summer and into the fall i think
1: yeah this is a secondary group that james franklin said he he thought would be pretty good and it seems to think that it's even better now we saw keaton ellis get some work at safety during practice number 15. I think that's a move that could make sense. Marquise Wilson, of course, flipped over to receiver. He had some nice moments on that side of the ball. But, yeah, they are at a point now where they have maybe more corners than they need, so they're going to move some guys around. And this is a, this has a chance to be a real strength for Penn State. You know, corner for sure, safety to some extent. You know, Jair Brown, I think, is going to be the starter there beside Jaquan Brisker. I mean, you know, that Jonathan Sutherland, Enzo Jennings, Tyler Rudolph. And Keaton Ellis now apparently will to get some work there as well. So this has a chance to be the best Penn State secondary of James Franklin's time here. And that says a lot, I think, because they have had some pretty good corners and safeties who have went on to the draft, but they've had issues with getting beat over the top. And this could be the group that finally, I think, uh, puts it all together and keeps Penn State away from as many of those big pass plays as possible. So we'll see, but let's wrap it up with this, Daniel. Just your final thoughts coming out of spring practice, what you learned, what you saw, what's kind of the takeaway for you heading into the summer
2: yeah I think the big takeaway for me is you know, on the offensive side of the ball is just kind of the, the big picture you know learning a new offense under Mike Yersich what Sean Clifford can do uh entering you know another year as the starting quarterback whether or not he can take those steps forward you know that Penn State needs him to um in order to you know to compete in the Big Ten East and in the conference and nationally in general so you know I think offensively like I said before, you look up, you look up and down the depth chart and you really like some of the pieces at, at the key positions, but quarterback is just the, the biggest question mark, because if the quarterback isn't working, then the rest of the, it's hard for the rest of the offense to work. So, you know, I think going into the, going into the summer and the fall, it's kind of all about Sean Clifford and the quarterback. Um, and then on the defensive side, There's, you know, a lot of former high-level recruits um, out there, you know, guys like Brandon Smith and Curtis Jacobs, and then you look in the secondary at all the talent that they've kind of been able to stockpile there. So I think that the position battles, you know, in the secondary and along the defensive line and, and how that shakes out is going to be really interesting to see who those, you know, first 11 guys are on the field against Wisconsin in September. So I think that's something I'll be thinking about a lot this summer is kind of know, how that'll shake out, what that depth chart will look like, whether or not more guys will move around and kind of what that final product will be come September.
1: Yeah, we're on the same page there for sure. This is a group that answered some questions on both sides of the ball this spring, but still has a lot of questions to to deal with. And it's going to become about production and it's going to become about, like you said, whether or not this offense can really be what everyone thinks it could be. Mike you're such is someone who has had success everywhere he's been from Oklahoma State to Ohio State to Texas. But it's not like he can come in and play quarterback. And it's not like he can come in and fix all of Sean Clifford's wrongs uh, you know, in a couple of weeks or just a month of practice time. So a lot of work for him to do this offseason, but you know, Penn State will be a top twenty-five team, I think, when the rankings and the preseason fodder start. I know some of that has already started, but uh it's a team that's not without questions and it faces a brutally tough schedule to start. So it's gonna have to have those questions answered soon. And to your point, I think that the summer and the, the lead up to the season will be focused mostly on Sean Clifford, but they have some other spots to answer questions as well. You know, again, if if Des Holmes or something up with him they might have to find a guard other than one they were expecting to play you know they have to pick how they're going to use the running backs with Rasheed Walker I'm sorry with uh, Noah Kane coming back um, you know they should feel pretty good about the offensive line but you know they need some receivers to step up too and then on the defensive side of the ball again the secondary it's going to be fascinating to see how that works out with Keaton Ellis moving Marquise Wilson moving and a lot of stars but they're needing more production, I think, from both the defensive line and the secondary, and those will be big talking points as well.
2: Definitely. I think that, you know, spring answered uh, a decent number of questions for us, but like it always does, it led
1: to a lot more. You got it. Well, this has been the Blue White Breakdown. Again, you can find it wherever you get your podcast: Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, uh, Google, and anywhere else you find audio, you'll find us. Leave a review, like, rate, and subscribe. And we'll talk to you next time. This has been a Penn Live Penn State podcast The Blue White Breakdown with Greg Pickle and Daniel Gowan.